and welcome back to another episode of Civil Discord, your radical dose of, I'm sorry, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. My apologies. It's a radical Man. dose too. It's a radical <laughs> dose of weekly curiosity. It's a curious exactly. dose of weekly radicalism as well. <laughs> we are back again. Um, I am one of your hosts, Maurice, and again, across from me, via the lovely intranets that um, that has been created and established so everybody can get together and talk is Amanda. Amanda, how's it going over there in the People's Republic of California? It's going well. We're going to know some stuff in, in a couple days. We got the last day to vote to recall Gavin with good hair is on the 14th, and it could go either way. We don't know. So, yeah. It's, it's people. I, I have to explain this for people who don't live in the state. People have been voting the for like two weeks now. People have been voting because there's early voting places and there's voting mm -hmm. by mail, and then there's you know day of voting. Um, I, I kind of want to do day of. You know, I want to uh -huh. really. I I want to do it the traditional way and just you know feel like feel like I've done my civic duty here as the as the supreme overlord of liberty. <laughs> How are things? So it's like, as far as early polls are going, like, are, are, are is it still kind of? I know it's, it can go either way, but is it's, it still kind of neck and neck? Like, how's it looking? It's still split. Like, there's been okay. no huge breakout poll. Um, I mean, there have been a couple. Like, there's always the one odd outlier. Like, there was there were a couple that said that it was outside the margin of error in favor of the recall, and and so that has and that was a relatively good poll. Um, but aside from that, they are split. Of course, we don't, mm. we don't know who answers these polls, who responds with the, with the 2016 election. Obviously the people who turned out in droves to vote for Trump were the same people who don't by nature answer polls. Right. So no one knows. Right. Definitely. So that's, that's what's going on over there in the people's Republic of California. Yeah. Over here in Texas, we've, Outside of the tropical storm that is about to hit us in a couple of days, we've also had some some abortion law or a heartbeat law, is what a lot of people like to call it, that has passed here recently. Um, and in essence, what it does is it outlaws all abortions or makes it illegal for an abortion to be performed after a heartbeat is found, which I is roughly seven or eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know the exact science on that. I feel like some babies may develop, um, you know, quickly than faster than others and so forth. So, but roughly about seven or eight weeks, no abortions. Um, and that's, it, it, it's interesting. It's interesting for me to, to, to discuss and talk about. I've talked about it with my wife a little bit. Um, but Amanda, wh what are your thoughts on it? Just generally speaking. Well, first I think it's, it's interesting because the law is, enforced entirely through civil action um civil discord it's it's enforced hey. en entirely through that so the government's not going to be enforcing the law it's interesting because the way that they're doing this is they're saying anyone who you can sue someone who gets an abortion or mm -hmm. like is is an accessory to abortion right. um illegal abortion so past this past this time frame and uh, you know, plaintiffs are awarded, I think, up to $1,000 uh, if, if the suit is successful. Now, this is interesting to me because this will not stand. Um, right. I, I don't, and I, I think that anyone who crafts this law has to know it's not going to stand. So, and of course, it's not, it's, it's, it outrages people, even people who I think are more moderately pro-life um it's it seems extreme to say that i can sue someone i can sue the uber driver who took someone to get an abortion and i can get a thousand dollars that to right. me even someone who supports who supports life it, it doesn't mm. add up to me so right. what i'm thinking is is that this might just be meant to open up the debate over it and highlight the hypocrisy of penalizing the unvaccinated in, mm. in the way that's also been going on um, and holding them liable for case spikes. As we know, again, you know, we, we had this absurd rhetoric about how we're protecting the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. Excuse me. 
if the vaccinated are vaccinated, either they don't need protecting or they can also spread the disease. So really stop. Um, and I'm wondering if there's not actually uh, some legislation in the works saying that civilians can sue other civilians for giving them COVID. Um, because if that is true, then I would absolutely kind of craft a troll law like this to get everyone really hyped up. I mean, maybe right. I think, but like I, I would want, and then I would, and then once the other legislation broke out, I would say, look, you, we just did this and you just rightly said how ridiculous it was. Um, so I'm wondering if it's not that I'm wondering if it's not some kind of, uh, troll legislation. If it is, it's epically done, <laughs> but it's, it, it, I, I don't know if, if, if it's troll legislation. I, um, again, my, my insider, AKA my representative who, um, who, who I follow via Facebook, um, d discusses things all the time. You know, we just passed the law to protect the unborn and, and so forth. And, um, it's, I think, one of the few good things, partly because, again, I, I am not the government coming in and and mandating things, even though it is civilly, um, is it's what well, in, in Texas has always been a thing. Um, so if. If a drunk driver kills somebody, then the family of the drunk driver I'm sorry, the family of the victim who, who died in the crash can not only sue the driver, they can sue the bartender who who, who oversold them oh, wow. the alcohol. Yes. Or if so, like like and I, I, I learned this because I had to take a lot of alcohol courses working, working in retail. If I as a cashier sell alcohol to somebody who is intoxicated, even though I don't know. I can be held liable for that if wow. they go and kill somebody on the way home because I'm the one who sold them the alcohol that put them over the limit. So this is nothing new to Texas. Like, it's like so weird. <laughs> it really is. It it is weird. And and even when I was sitting in these classes, I, I was like, none of that makes sense to me. Like, so you're holding me liable to make sure that I don't oversell anybody. And I get it is a big deterrent. It's it's the the fear of right. oh well. You are you. Your eyes are somewhat bloodshot, so I'm not going to sell you anything. Or you know, your pupils are a little bit dilated, right. so I don't know the way the lighting is, which is crazy. That's why most bars are actually set at night, so yeah, like like the, the the lighting is very dim, so you don't, so you can't really. Oh well, the, the lighting was dim; I couldn't really see. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a lot of a of, of, of a liability thing. But this law is the same exact thing. Um, I don't think it's really going to deter people. I think. If this is a troll law, I think it's more of a troll law from from this standpoint. Mm. People in Texas always have this "Don't California my Texas." Like, no offense. Bless. No, it's fine. I would like I like California to not California my California. Right, right. So I I, I see that all the time. You know, "Don't California my Texas." And now, when when this law was passed, you had a lot of people, mainly on the left. Who were saying, oh, my gosh, now I want to leave Texas. Now I want to move this, that and the other. And of course, everybody was like, well, good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like it's and, and so that that's a silver lining. Now, again, me being the 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 anarchist, the anarcho capitalist that I am and and um, and and not really believing that the government should step in and mandate anything for anybody, um, even on this. And I will preface it with I am 100 percent life I, I i i do not believe that anybody should have one um and that's with me having people who've been close to me that have had them mm -hmm. you know so like i like i i i know a few people who have had abortions and um and i've expressed my, my my dislike for that um but i'm like that's i'm not going to sit here and tell the tell you that you need to go to jail for that or right. or this or the other even though there are there are specific lines because it's so blurry and and I don't know when something when life ends and and or, or when life begins and so forth and and you can't I, I've seen a lot of people use the argument of well you know it's it, would you pull somebody off of life support it's the same thing so we're talking brain activity and 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 and, and all that I I don't know 
but mm-hmm. and because I don't know and there's no clear line, I don't think that that I definitely do not think the government should be the one stepping in and saying, "Oh, well, here's a clear line that we're going to that we're going to draw." Because as soon as we as soon as I allow the government to start draw, start drawing clear lines, then then it just kind of rolls down here and. and that one, this could, this in essence could be the slippery slope of, okay, now I can sue somebody for giving me COVID. Now I can sue somebody for giving me this, that, or the other. Now in a, in a anarcho-capitalist society, I would be able to hold somebody liable. I would say, because you knew you were sick, you went out and you were the one who, who, who decided to do this. Now it's very hard to, to, to kind of draw the lines back to who actually started right, it and exactly. so forth and who's liable or whatnot. So, which is why the market, the, like the market wouldn't, wouldn't really impose those, those necessary um, constraints on that. But I, I, I do think that in a, in a truly free market, in a, in a truly free market society, abortion would, would not be as prevalent. Um, and, and I think I, of course, cause I think that's a cure off. I think it's a free market is a cure for everything. So it, it would cure that as well too. But so I, I, I'm kind of I'm torn between it because I'm like, yes, it's getting people leaving who don't want to be here. And I'm 100 percent supporting that because you're making Texas worse than what it already is. And I, and I don't agree with everything that Texas does. But I, I still am at the point where I'm like, you know what, like, like, I still don't think it's OK for government to be mandating things in, in this specific manner. I'm curious, and, and maybe you gave your answer and, and, and your response, but why why don't you believe that abortion would be as prevalent in a free market society? I mean, presumably, you know, if it's anarcho-capitalist, especially, you know, there's there's a market, there's a market need. I w- so I, I think in, um, in, in, a, in a truly free market society, a lot of times people don't, people get a, a lot of abortions are done out of convenience. Yeah. Um, whether they... They choose because, hey, I I don't have the money to take care of a kid right now. I don't have this. And it's too expensive to have, have kids. And kids are expensive. Yes. They are. <laughs> even, even coming out of, in, in the class that I teach, literally, we talk about how expensive kids are on a monthly basis. Um, I think from a from the sense of the the wealth that people would have would be that much greater. Okay. The kids, children would not be as much of a burden as they're viewed today. Um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need the, the, the cost of, of going to a hospital to have a child wouldn't be tens of thousands of dollars. Okay. The, 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 the idea of one, I, I think personally, a lot of people realize that deep down, even people who, who have had, who have gone through those procedures realize that, Hey, Something's not right. And I, I think in that in that society, more so you would have people I it wouldn't I wouldn't say it would be frowned upon, but it wouldn't be as common because everybody like, hey, like, and eh, that's probably not okay. We should move we, we should look at something different. There would be a different avenue um but w- with having that. You would have you would have our our um our adoption process yeah. would not be as jam-packed. And so that would clear up a lot of space because because a lot of people's excuses, well, if I have this baby and I give it up for adoption, it's going to be in the system now yeah. and things are going to get worse. And so it just clears up that pipeline so people are actually able to adopt more. And so that that will not look like the best option for people who are in that situation. That was going to be my next question is, is assuming that a, a voluntary society, you actually have more charitable involvement, as we've seen yes. countries that pay less in taxes are more charitable. Um, so I, I would imagine that you would you see higher and an easier and a more efficient adoption system so that kids Definitely. can actually find homes and loving parents rather than being stuck in a horrible system is often exactly. abusive. Um, I will put in the show notes for anyone who's interested, the best debate on abortion that I ever heard was between two libertarians. It was a Soho forum debate. Uh, and I will put that in, in the show notes because yes. I got, I honestly, I, I had ideological whiplash every single time, every <laughs> single argument that was made. I'm like, I'm on that one side. No, I'm on this one. I'm that. So it was lovely. And I will say to people, um, cause I, I can be, I try to be empathetic to either side of this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, what libertarians who are very staunchly pro-choice 
do not realize is that libertarians who are very staunchly pro-life are coming at this from the belief that you are you're killing someone right. and so it is an act of aggression um right. and you know per the non-aggression principle that has to be you know that that, that has to be treated um exactly. again that's so that that gets around some of the, you know, it's not that libertarians who are pro-life are being hypocritical. It's that they understand life in a different way than people, than libertarians who are pro-choice. Exactly. So. Definitely. And, so, I mean, and, and, and I, I I'm not going to say I've, I've battled this, but it's, it's hard for me to, to explain to other people like, Hey, this is a situation because they don't come from that standpoint. Yeah. Of, hey, this is a life that, that um that you were aggressing upon and i've even and i've even heard the argument of well that baby is aggressing upon the mother because it's using the mother to to um to 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 feed off yeah and whatnot. yeah and then and it's and, and then i heard somebody go back and say well the mother forced the baby to exactly. be dependent on it because the baby had no choice in that so therefore and 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 i've seen it go back and forth i'm just like okay like yeah. I, and and I, I I get that because I've I've actually listened to, to to that same debate. Okay, yeah. And just going but and going by. Oh my gosh, because I love the Soho Forum. Yeah, like, they have a lot of great debates on there, and so just kind of going back and forth, like okay, like yes, I can see that. Oh yeah, that's a great point. I can see that too, and 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 just kind of going back and forth and whatnot, and, and I mean, so it, it's it's always been that is will always be a division within the Libertarian Party within Libertarians is always. Pro life, pro choice, um, especially because the even though I'm not part of the party, the party platform is pro choice. Um, but you, you, I most libertarians that I know are actually pro life. Interesting. So um, it, it's it's and probably pro- probably because I live in Texas and the, a lot of the libertarians that I know are probably a lot more conservative mm-hmm. and will not coming coming from from that side. So, um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 always a good discussion, and I love discussing it civilly with people yes. as opposed to yelling back and forth and somebody calling some out a baby murder and then when you start some when you start t- saying that a fetus is a leech or it's a parasite and and all that kind of stuff that's where i'm like ah oh, come on now we aren't giving birth to parasites we give birth to human beings like let's be real now and that's the other thing too is the only time that i've ever heard abortion really debated civilly has been between libertarians and whenever i hear libertarians debate abortion it is always civil i think because you are not coming from that place of the government should inf- should legislate morality, which is, I right. think, what the more right wing argument is that they think that the government is that source of mm-hmm. of, of norms, uh, of moral norms, and right. then the left, uh, you know, being very very progressive and uh, reactionary with respect to whatever the right says. Exactly, um, you don't have exactly. that as much. So, but that's Texas. Texas has been doing a lot lately ever since our, our state legislator has a state legislature, sorry, has come back into session and the Democrats <laughs> were in fear of being arrested and decided to go back and do their jobs. So, um, but also another note, surprisingly so, Texas is one of, is one of the most vaccinated states in the, in the, in the entire union. Um, I want to say they're like two or three, of course, behind California and behind New York. But popular, I mean, of course, we are the second most populated state in the union. But we do have a lot of people who have been vaccinated. We're not so you don't hear about contrary that, so. to popular yeah. belief, popular belief. Like people in Texas, I, I want to say more than half of the more than half the population is vaccinated. Yeah. Has, has, has had at least one dose of the vaccine in Texas. Yeah. As our listeners know, you can absolutely be vaccinated and be pro-vaccine and very anti-vaccine mandate. um, Exactly. Which I think most people get, but Twitter (laughs) doesn't. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. That cesspool of of, of a social social media platform. Um, We'll see how long they last now that Donald Trump is no longer on on that platform anymore. But but so um, there was uh, some more emails, some more information that came out about our great favorite Lord and Doctor, Doctor um, Mister Farsi. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about him in a hot minute. We haven't we talked haven't. about him in a while. We I've been missing him, him. Yeah, we have been missing him. Yeah. So, wh- uh, what happened? What happened? So, something came out about some some Wuhan lab or whatnot. 
don't know. Yeah, The Intercept, which does great work. I don't think they would call themselves libertarian, but I love The Intercept. Um, and, you know, I, I, I stand for them. Um, they were involved in really a legal battle on a FOIA request. They wanted emails about uh, this potential gain of function research uh, that may or may not have been conducted at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Google is currently redirecting me to theintercept.com and it's telling me this. All right. So, so they, they filed, uh, they, they filed um, this FOIA and of course people can take their sweet time and drag their feet on it. Uh, but what emerged is that, what do you know, the U.S. did indeed fund, use federal money. So this is EcoHealth Alliance. It's a U.S. organization, U.S.-based health organization. It used federal money to fund bat coronavirus research at the Chinese laboratory. Now, we've got 900 pages of emails. And no, over the past week, I have not read 900 pages of emails, <laughs> uh, partly because I've been atoning over the past week. <laughs> so there's a lot of atoning happening, and I'm not yes. going to read 900 emails as well. Um, so <laughs> that happened. Now, as we remember, Rand Paul got on Fashi for potentially funding this research. And again, Fashi is affiliated with the NIH. So I'm, we're not sure quite yet the connection between um, NIH and EcoHealth Alliance, although they are affiliated. Um, and it seems... We don't, I don't think we have a smoking gun that says we funded this, this particular gain of function project that led to the emergence of COVID, but that was never the accusation. The question was, are you funding gain of function research at this lab? And it looks like, yes, there was an arm or there was an affiliate of the NIH that was funding research and that research included gain-of-function studies on bat coronaviruses. Mm. Uh, this, this looks like an interesting, this looks like an interesting development. Again, I haven't been online much this week, but I also haven't heard it being talked about much this week. Uh, people are talking about other distracting events, such as mm. vaccine mandates. <laughs> uh, so it's sort of like, well, what can I, you know, it, it Maybe Biden's taking the fall. Maybe he's doing the noble thing. Let's make everyone hate me to distract from this this big breaking story. I don't know. What are your thoughts? How far does how far does this go? Who pursues this? Is there a there there? Looks like there is. Uh, I I think I I I don't I don't believe that that this will be pursued any further than the basis of Rand Paul and his Twitter. Um, that's, that's probably right. Uh, Rand Paul, maybe Thomas Massey, every, every so often you may get two or three, um, people in Congress or people in the Senate to actually, um, do something about it. But I don't think it's going to get any further than that, mainly because of what, uh, Joe Biden and his administration is currently doing with the mm -hmm. vaccine mandates and what OSHA is starting to roll out and, with all of these things just kind of coming forth, people have just forgot about this. And, and I think mainly because that you, you'll get those, get those back and forths between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci and them kind of going back and forth with, with gain of function. And I, even though I believe Rand Paul has their last, um, their last duel, mm -hmm. uh, if, if, if that's the best term to use, Rand Paul like continued to push and push and push, and Dr. Fauci kind of tried to wiggle his way out. And if you weren't paying attention, you would think that he wiggled his way out, and yeah, that, and, and that he came out on top of that. But if you were, you realize he's not even answering the question yeah. that that was being posed to him. And so I, I I think at this point, people are now either on one side or the other. Like you know what we trust in our Lord and Savior, Dr. Fauci. Or they say Dr. Fauci's a liar and we can't stand him and he just needs to be he needs to be he needs to be moved on because the US has been doing gain of function research for a long time. And even though they're saying they haven't been doing it, they've constantly been doing it. So I I I think it I think it kind of dies here in the next two two weeks or so, and then we move on to more vaccines. 
because now our third booster shot is about to start rolling out and people are going to be focusing on that and and making sure that um, and then, then you'll start to get some more lawsuits coming out. And that's a lot of what people are going to mm-hmm. be focusing on. This will kind of be pushed to the back and pushed to the back and pushed to the back. Right. Yeah. I So maybe that's also part of why we haven't seen much from Pashi lately, because the, the, the public opinion thermometer was going down a little bit with him. And I mm-hmm. think maybe if he had just continued to be out and out there in a public figure more so in the last several weeks, there may be there may have been more of an outcry about this like oh that guy that guy we used to like and he's still you know he's still showing his face on the news remind it's not that he's never going on the news he hasn't been going on the news it's it's that he's been going on less um and i'm not sure if that's you know that was strategic uh it it may have been because people are starting to get a little bit tired (laughs) of him um now by the way that the line in this in this article that is important is the bat coronavirus grant provided EcoHealth Alliance with a total of $3.1 million. Uh, so this was, I'm making sure. Yes. Yeah, so, so this was, this was a grant. I think it's given by the NIH. I will correct that in the show notes if that's not correct. Uh, the bat coronavirus grant provided EcoHealth Alliance with a total of $3.1 million, including that the Wuhan Institute of Virology used in part to identify and alter bat coronaviruses likely to infect humans. Again, I know we really enjoy changing definitions of words and terms. (laughs) That sounds like gain of function. It makes it more true. And now we have the, the evidence from this FOIA, uh, this FOIA dump that says, yes, not only is this gain of function, it was funded. It was funded by the NIH or an, or an affiliate lower arm of the NIH. Um, why is it important to know the origins? Because this is another argument that comes up, right? Is because people say, well, why are we focusing on how it, how it got out? We should really be focusing on treatment and prevention, which by the way, the only treatment and prevention is vaccines, which is not true. Um, it's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, it's, you know, so one of the reasons I think it's important and anyone, any intellectually honest person will admit this is it's important so that it doesn't happen again. That's, that's pretty basic. It's, it's not to say, ha ha, I was right. I mean, what if this did come from a bat cave? Then we learned something there too. You know, what if right. it did come? What if it was spread out of wet market? That we know how these things spread, and then we're able to take more precautions. So yep. it's not about being right or wrong. Learning the origins is very, very important to stopping very future important. pandemics and outbreaks. Yep. I mean, and it, it, even in the sense of if if I go back to where it started, I know how to combat it. Um, I know it's. I mean, we, we've seen it all in movies. You're all looking for patient zero. Like, mm-hmm. same thing with when you do Planet of the Apes, when you do World War, um, what, what I Am Legend, um, when you discuss things of, was it World War Z? You always, you're always looking for, uh, for an understanding of how did this start? Because if you understand how it starts, you can combat it, you know, in, in, in moving forward in other pandemics that happen in this specific one, even though technically we're not in pandemic levels anymore. That's right. Um, so, and, and I told my wife that the other day, she's like, really? I was like, yeah, no, like we haven't been, honestly, we haven't been in pandemic levels for a long time. June, 2020, um, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, like literally. So over a year, we have not been in pandemic levels, but that that's beside the point. But so if, if, if I know that this was, that this was actually came, that this actually came from a lab, I don't treat it the same way that I would as if, the, if as if, if this came naturally in, in the wild. Why? Because it. It will do exactly what it's doing now. It will mutate a whole lot faster. It will mm-hmm. it will be resistant to a whole lot of things. So if you know the origins of it, then you're able to combat it a whole heck of a lot more than you would if you're just out there guessing where it came from. Because if you're wrong in where it came from, that could have catastrophic. And I'm not saying that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that we are we as humans are dumb enough to to do that. But if if I'm treating it one way and it actually came about a completely different way, then it, it can have catastrophic um, damages moving forward. Like it, it, it can it can be to the point to where 
we're treating this entirely wrong. And then three, four, about three, four, five years down the road, whatever happens. And now, and you know, things, certain things start to happen. And you're just kind of like, a, oh, well, it's because of this one little thing that we missed as far as the ordinance. So I'm not, uh, I'm with you, Amanda. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, I got to be right. I've got to be right. I've got to be right. Even though I am right, like 99% of the time and the one, the other 1% of the time, I'm just mistaken. Right. But, um, that, th- that's kind of my view on it, on it, but it's, you have to know the origins because it helps you treat things far better than if you are just, just being blind in the dark. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's, I, I would like, it's, it is interesting that, and I don't, it's interesting that this is completely being obscured by the, by the vaccine mandate news. Yeah. I don't think that that was maybe intentional. I mean, it, it might've been, but honestly, if I were going to cover this story up, I wouldn't cover it up with another story that would, you know, harm me uh, in, in terms of public opinion. Uh and again, with, with that, uh, there's an, that's another law. That's another, it's, it's completely unconstitutional, but the, the difficult thing about it is that there needs to be, for there to be a court challenge uh, with mm-hmm. respect to this mandate, there needs to have been damages or there need to have been yes. damages. So, you know, it, it disturbs me too because there are so many nurses now, and so especially mm. nurses that are leaving, that are quitting their jobs because they don't want to be vaccinated. A lot of them maybe have had COVID already, um, yep. and don't want to be vaccinated, or at least not want to get this particular vaccine because there are others in the works that are coming out that are that are distinct and they're uh, in the way. And my worry is that we'll see all these nurses leaving hospitals and hospital systems. And then again, you're going to have lower hospital capacity and it's going to be blame it on the COVID (laughs) patients. Yeah, it's and and I think that's a lot in part of people don't understand what capacity means. It's not necessarily how many beds you have on hand. It's just how many people that you have to be able to to take care of the people that 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 are on hand um and I, i'm stealing one of the uh one of the analogies from a, from the one who knows just about everything there is to know about everything mr nate thurston but he he you look at it like this you know um if you have a restaurant and you you fully staffed you have 100 servers but you only you right now you're only operating at 20 servers. You can say, hey, you know, we don't have the capacity to do a lot of things, even though you, you at full capacity, you'd be able to do it. But you don't have the staff to do it. So you can't say, oh, well, well now we're overrun in our restaurant because we only have 20 people working. Mm-hmm. If you hired 80 more people, you'd be able to service everybody and all of their needs. But for some reason, over about a year ago. We were praising these nurses. These nurses, they are our heroes. They're our frontline workers. They're awesome. They're great. They can do so much. And now we're saying, nope, you're fired because you won't get the vaccine. Even though, uh, even though we're running out of hospital beds, we're, we're at 100% capacity and all these facets. And instead of you just saying, you know what, let's keep these nurses on. Let's do what we've been doing for the past year and a half you're saying no that's not how things are going to operate we need to get rid of you because you're not doing the you because you you won't take the vaccine or it um and and a a lot of people what what they're saying is because i know there's a lady here in in houston who was saying you know what like i'm not taking it and the people were got were, were trying to counsel and saying just just say you have a religious um like a religious exemption, mm-hmm. just do a medical exemption. Like you can do one of those, those two. It's super easy. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it because somebody needs to stand up and say, Hey, this is wrong. You guys should force me to put something in my body that I don't want to put in my body in right. that sense or whatnot. Now I'm not sure if, if a lawsuit has, has, has kind of come from that. I'm assuming that one has. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure how many people have followed suit with her. Because I know their cutoff date was in July for for everybody to be vaccinated. 
And so I'm 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 not sure how how far along they've come in the process since then. But I know that there are people who are saying, no, you're trying to force me to get this vaccine. You can fire me for it. I will sue you for it. Yeah. Well, and it's happening of all places <laughs> in California. So this is this is fantastic. Um, I. And again, I, this is, I am a person who is, who thinks these vaccines are great innovations and I am very anti-mandates. Uh, I am anti-lying about, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm anti-restraining information about other types of, of therapy that may or may not be more useful for other people. So there is now a psychiatry professor at UC Irvine, and by the way, there's also a um, an injunction that um, ch- Children's Health Defense is filed on behalf of a UC student, uh, saying that uh, the the vaccine mandate is is coercive. Um, they're filing an injunction uh, against the University of California system, um, but this is a different this is a different case. This is a psychiatry professor at UC Irvine who is suing the UC system because he has had COVID and he has, he's able to prove that he has antibodies, which by the way, even if antibodies wane, immunity still exists. Uh, This has been demonstrated because you have have memory cells, you have BNT cells that are going to help fight the virus. And in fact, this is true even with this truth vaccination too. Uh, the antibodies go down. Yeah. <laughs> and Maurice is, is doing a fist bump because he's got the tiger Ooh. blood. Um, I don't know if I have the tiger. I should actually get checked to see if I have the tiger blood. Um, it's about like $40 or something for antibody testing. But yeah, so there's a UCI doctor uh, and he's suing because he's had COVID. Um, and it's been demonstrated that natural immunity is at least on par with, if not superior to, vaccinated immunity. That doesn't mean go out and get COVID and you'll be more immune. No one's saying yeah, no. that. No, nope, not saying that at all. We're saying that there is a comparable, if not slightly superior level of immunity that mm-hmm. lasts beyond the length of any study that has been conducted. measuring natural immunity and moreover that vaccination after natural immunity does not produce any measurable benefit at all. So there are scientific studies to this effect. This doctor is saying that this is, this discriminates uh, against his health status because he has a type of immunity. Mm-hmm. And they are not taking this into account and they are placing an undue burden on him. And again, they are privileging one type of one, t- one medical status over another when the end result is comparable. He has a comparable level of immunity to someone who's been vaccinated. Actually, the case is, is the, it's very well written. I've, I've looked through it. I was trying to find it again. I, I haven't managed to find it, but um, it looks good. So this is a fantastic fellow and he's doing something very brave. And I'm very happy to see it coming from the People's Republic of California, which I do love. And I do, I, I'm at UCLA. I love UCLA. Uh, the UC system, uh, it, you know, it, it's a, it's a university system and mm-hmm. I am very impressed and heartened to see people standing up and saying this isn't right because it happens with individual action. There's not going to be a savior politician. That's not even what we believe in. There's not going to be a savior politician or bureaucrat who comes in and waves a magic wand and all this goes away. That's not how it works. It's me. It's you. So Definitely. And, and it, to, to the point of, of um, there being no he's comparable as far as to, to the vaccine we've done this with every other aspect um you know wh- where it's it's if you have something to like if you get the flu during flu season there's no need for you to go back and get a flu shot mm-hmm. why because you've already built up whatever level of, of immunity it is for for that specific season um you it's you don't catch the flu twice in a season 
and have it be more severe the second time than it is the first time. Like, like there, I, 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 I'm not, I wouldn't, I try to refrain from using never and always and things of that nature. But more often than not, if you get sick during the flu season, you probably don't get sick anymore. There's no need for you to go get a flu shot. If you get the chicken pox, there's no need for you to go out and get and get a shot saying, hey, I need a vaccine for chicken pox because you've already had it. Your body has already built that immunity. Now, again, we don't know how long this lasts, partly because this was I'm assuming I think it's pretty clear this was this was this originated from a lab. And so we don't know how things are going to how our bodies are going to react from this two, three, four five years down the line. And so at that point, we can address it then. But if my immunity lasts just as long as the vaccine, why are you forcing me to get vaccine? It is actually more risky for me to take the vaccine because there's no benefit and all of the risk. Mm-hmm. I have no, I'm not gaining any more immunity than I currently have. And I'm accepting and, and I'm taking on so much more of a risk because of that. Now, again, there are people who are who are saying, oh, well, you know, you got to make sure. Because your immunity only lasts nine months, and this, that, or the other, and no. I wonder why it only lasts nine months. The study because... ended after nine. Sorry. Right. No. Exactly. <laughs> no. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, and they're just like, it ends at nine months, and then people who have our people who were in the study went and got the vaccine, so they can no longer be part of the study within that setting. So, like, it's it's just all of these things. People who just don't read these studies, and they come and tell me a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm just like, okay, you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So, but I I am I, I am happy to 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 see this happening as well too, especially especially in the People's Republic of California because I think a lot of times California gets a lot of flack for a lot of things that they do, and I disagree with a lot of things that they do. But there are people who were there who have some sense, like Amanda, um, so who who have this idea of like, no, I'm not just going to to move. And accept whatever is doing. Like I want to buck the system. I want to be able to say no. This is wrong. And it takes people, like Amanda said, it takes people actually standing up, individual action, saying no. The buck stops here. Mm-hmm. The buck stops with me. Like if if my job were to say, hey, you're going to need to get a vaccine, I would say y'all can kick rocks and best believe that you'll be talking to my lawyer. Like that. That's what I would. That's the process that I would be. That, that, that I would be in because somebody needs to stand up and do something like I, I, I get like a lot of, a lot of people do not want to be that person. Yeah. They don't. No one wants, well, I mean, sometimes people do want to be that person, but then when the time right. comes, what I found is when the time comes to be that person, you're like, but not in this way. Can exactly. it be another thing? I just, I imagine this going differently when I did the cool thing. I imagine right. everyone immediately cheering and liking me right. and not, not being the villain unfortunately you don't get to choose the way that you you don't always get to choose the way that that your that your purpose manifests and that that sounds really woo woo but but you don't (laughs) and you know you don't get to choose the way that you lead Mm -hmm. um everyone who speaks out about this and you know makes sacrifices and does things that are unattractive that are socially unattractive or inconvenient in my mind, everyone who, who does that is, is doing something heroic, um, no matter how small. Uh, so, so yeah, this, the, the quote from um, Professor Cariati, I pro- apologize if I'm, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I feel like I'm being treated unequally if my immunity is as good, indeed very likely better than that conferred by the vaccine. There doesn't seem to be any rational basis for discriminating against my form of immunity and requiring me to get a different form of immunity. There we go. Um, in in my in my little corner of of meaning and being, uh, I have had <laughs> occasion to to reach out to um, one of the union representatives at my 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 grad union representative, um, which by the way I. I get along very well with the people in my grad union. They're, they're awesome. They're, they're bright. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about them. Uh, but there has been some talk about feeling unsafe teaching in front of vaccinated undergraduates uh, 
as vaccinated graduate students. To me, this makes little sense scientifically. And moreover, it is also a disservice to both the pedagogical training of graduate students. Partly we come here to be trained to teach. It's, right. And it's a disservice extremely, in the extreme, to undergraduates, especially those who have internet insecurity, who have housing insecurity. We're losing our own because mm-hmm. these are the undergraduates who then are supposed to you know, decide to go into academia, right? We, we right. want to corrupt the youth. <laughs> and if, if we don't have, if we can't corrupt them in person, I don't know if we can corrupt them very well at all. Um, but it, it is, it is inequitable in the extreme. I find it unjust in the extreme. And so I have been communicating with, with my union <laughs> to that effect. Um, I also recently was informed that one of the academic conferences that I am slated to present at uh, this coming year uh, is going to be requiring vaccination for all uh, for all attendees. Previously, the requirement was vaccination or proof of negative COVID test. Uh, they changed that without cause. Um, mm. There is no cause except for the fact that they did hire a contractor uh, called Safe Expo that comes and helps consult with them. I don't believe these people are doctors. Um, it, I think, I mean, they just help to verify vaccination status and recommend what different event organizers should do uh, about about their events. And so they switched this policy. uh, And once again, I reached out to these conference organizers and I let them know that, uh, first of all, that there was an option and there is an option to do a to do both a virtual presentation and a video presentation. Mm-hmm. I will be taking advantage of that option. Um, and in fact, I'm even thinking of uh, putting the video presentation on YouTube too. And we can maybe like, <laughs> I, you'll just hear my sure. Machiavelli lectures. I can start a series, <laughs> get monetized. Um, so I let them know that I would be taking advantage of, of the video presentation option uh, because I did not want to sanction or condone a policy that, and uh was a inequitable b it, it did not hold up scientifically and it was alienating um it's alienating to many who were invited to participate who for whatever reason have not been vaccinated uh and it's alienated it, sorry it's alienating to those who have been vaccinated but don't support these kinds of policies right um so these kinds of communications, trust me, are not fun for me to write. Um, right. And they are not easy for me to write. They can, however, be written respectfully uh, when they come from a place of respect, which I right. do. I think this conference is rad. I'm so excited <laughs> to be attending virtually. Uh, and I love the, the members of my grad union. So, but these are things that people can do in their own life. You, you said it exactly right the buck stops with me mm. and that's the bottom line. And, and it's, it's, um, I want to say it's, it's contrary to popular belief. Teachers don't like being virtual. Like I, no. it's, I, I, th- this being my, my first year in education and just talking with all, with, with, with all the teachers, just with, within my school and talking to other teachers within other school districts. Um, we had one school district who went vir- who they didn't really go virtual for a week, but they like had to close down the school for a week because they didn't have enough teachers. Cause, cause all the teachers were getting, were, 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 were getting COVID, but that didn't stop the teachers from saying, we don't want to go virtual. Mm-hmm. Like kids do not learn well virtual. No. Our school district is a, is, is not, is not a very like, is Internet does not. Everybody in the world does not have internet. No, and and same. People living in the United States don't have internet. You know, same with UCLA students, especially undergrads Mm. that aren't living on campus. I mean, they're like some some of the some of the apartments by campus are like just barracks where they just stack undergrads on top because it's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah, you reminded me that um, after I, I have I have received. Um, 
I've received communications from other members uh, of my cohort who are by no means libertarian um, mm. saying we can't, I don't want to teach virtually. We, this can't happen. Uh, and right. I, I told them the same thing. I said, I, I just, I just wrote an email. And I think that you should say that as someone who is represented by this union, it's not representing your interests to mm-hmm. require you to teach virtually. Right. It's, I, we, so we, we have our, our standardized tests in AM. Everybody, there had a lot of kids who went virtual last year and it did not go well. Like people just, I mean, I don't like standardized tests to begin with, but I mean, kids don't learn well that way. They, teachers, teachers don't really know how to instruct virtually mm-hmm. because you're literally just sitting there in front of, in front of a, of a, of a camera and you're just kind of like, okay, there's no, like, you can't really see the students work. You can't really check for understanding. You can't do all these things. People are turning their cameras on and off if they do show up. Most of the time, virtual learning is me recording myself teaching something and posting it on a classroom. And then the student being able to go and access that at any specific time. It's not me. It's it's, it's not the same process of, okay, from, from this time to this time, I'm in, I'm in this class teaching this in front of the camera. It's I record it once, I post it, they learn from it. If they have questions, they send me an email. Like it's I Emmy, mean, and, and even then it's you can't explain things. You can't learn math via an email. No. Like, I can't teach finance via emails. Like there's there's no way to truly articulate what you need to say and check for understanding because I can't read your eyes. I can't un, you know, if you you're looking at me with, with this glazed look in your eyes, like what are you talking about? And so when I see that as a teacher, I know, okay, this student doesn't get it. Let me re- let me rephrase what I just said mm-hmm. into a, in, um, in order for them to, in order for me to check for understanding with them. So then when I see the light bulb click in there and on their face, I'm like, okay, now it's time to move on. They get it. They understand. I can now proceed with the assignment and so forth. Teachers know that. I didn't think teachers knew that prior to this year. They do. They hate being virtual. Outside of specific teacher you teachers unions in Arizona and California and Chicago, like <laughs> most teachers want to be in the classroom teaching things. You and name like my two favorite places. <laughs> it's so it, it's it's ironic that you have the that you have the ideology that you have, and those are your it's, two favorite. I always places. think I can change them. That's the thing is, I'm like, but I love you, and maybe if I love right. you enough, you'll right. you know. Anyway, <laughs> they they're California is a great place to live, um, outside of the taxes. Yeah, but but I will say this: I would love if if it wasn't as if the political climate wasn't as crazy as it is and I was able to own the firearms that I wanted to own, I would, I'd be willing to pay the extra taxes to live in California because of how beautiful it is year round. Like I, like that is 100% a tax that I'm willing to accept and deal with in order to live out there. Now I can't have what I want. So that's why I decided to live in Texas on my own coast. But um, it's Chicago, aesthetic. I just could, I couldn't do the winters in Chicago. Like that, that's that, that's just a no go. I like, thought I, that it's too cold. It's, it's an aesthetic surcharge. You'll think of the taxes that way. <laughs> no, I I thought that with with Chicago because I I was mm. I went I hopped from D.C. as a kid to then uh, L.A. for undergrad, then Chicago for M.A. Um, so mm. I I had that I, I had that LA background and like, I don't do cold. I don't, I, I am a, a tiny person who does not like cold. But <laughs> when I was, when I was in Chicago, it's fantastic. You like, you learn the weather and, and the <laughs> winds, like you just learn that there are some days that it's so windy that you can't walk down that street. This literally happened. I have been blown over twice wow. i was wow <laughs> blown over yeah, no, Chicago. couldn't do it um but it's, it's amazing it, it hardens you and it builds character um that was amanda standing for chicago for a little bit and their their politics <laughs> aren't good. great yeah <laughs> and, and it, that, so i just um i just want everybody to know like teachers do do not want to be virtual they want to be in person now granted how they force you to be in person it's completely different depending on where you live 
Um, yeah. I thankfully I live in an area where they are very much like just show up to school. You don't have to be vaccinated. You have the choice. If you want to, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Most of the teachers are vaccinated, and they and then they talk trash about people who aren't. But I secretly, just in my silence, just don't say anything because I'm not going to stir the pot. Right. Whatnot. I understand most of them probably don't agree with me ideology. But agree with my ideology. But it is what it is. Maybe a little bit of pot stirring is warranted. I'm not saying like go and start yeah. a war with your, yeah. with your fellow teachers. <laughs> but I think so often too, we dehumanize people with whom we disagree. So for me, I, I, I'm fortunate that I've mostly been in settings with people who are very far left. And sometimes I'm also in settings with people who are super far right. right. Uh, when I've gone to like conservative conferences and stuff. And it's when someone, when I'm friends with someone, that thinks differently than I am, it's really difficult for me to do a straw man of the far left or far right argument. Cause I, I, you know, you realize, Oh, this is an intelligent person whom I like Mm -hmm. and whom I think is cool. And I disagree with them. Uh, It's, it helps. So I don't know. I think sometimes the best way to, to change minds or to, to, I'll add some nuance to an issue mm-hmm. is to be that cool person um, who who says, hey, I'm here and I actually feel differently. Right. I just don't know these people yet. Right. Of course. No, that me, wasn't yes. lecturing so, yeah, no, no, like, no, yeah. no. So six months from now, the conversations will be probably, probably different. Yeah, but yeah. because and it's it's um it, it is crazy because I uh, I. I was at the, um, I, I was talking to a, a lady cause I, I need to learn how to put in grades. And so she would show me the process and she's like, your voice, you know, like you guys need to be in radio. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was, I was like, well, actually I have a podcast. Oh dear. Like, really? What's your podcast? Oh dear. And so I, and, and so I told him, I was like, now I will say, I, you guys probably won't agree with my, agree with my ideology on a lot of things or whatnot. But, um, and the lady was like, well, yeah, my husband probably won't. And these are older people oh. and we are definitely in a rural area. So I'm like, you guys, you guys may actually agree with me a lot more than what you think you do. Yeah. But I assure you that, um, that you're, that you, what you think my, my politics are, or that's not it. Like, like yeah. you, you may assume, and I'm not saying that she thinks this, but she probably thinks like, this is a black man. His politics are probably left leaning. Um, he's this, 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 and they hear the word libertarian and think liberal and don't hear the, and don't hear, hear the air. The, the, the <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, not the Aryan, the Tarian at the end of it. And they just hear liberal mm-hmm. and they just think liberal. And so, um, she probably heard that and was thinking like, Oh, and I want to say like, nah, I'm definitely, definitely maybe classic liberal maybe is, is, is what you could. Yeah. Try to put on me in that, but I would, I would, I would even push back on that. Like I'm definitely not a classic liberal. Right. Um, but that being said, she was like, she, she was like, you know, um, I just talked to her about the podcast and why we're doing this and, and why we have the name that we have mm-hmm. and, and so forth. And she's just like, you know, that is good. That is good. She's like, cause I, I can't, I can't be on social media anymore. I was oh, like, gosh. yeah, I can't either. Yeah. Can't either. I was like, I was, I, I was a troll for the longest time. Trolling everybody, coming out the woodworks, making everybody feel stupid in their um, in, in the comment section. But that, I wouldn't change their minds doing that. So I, I realized like it kind of defeats the purpose of 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 even do, of, like, why waste my time. Like I'm, I I read a post and just like you know what, I'm not changing any minds in the comments. Let's just roll on past that and move on. So very rarely do I comment. There was I think there was a time this past week where someone asked where in the Constitution. And this is on social media. Someone asked, "Where in the Constitution does does uh, it say that you have the right to infect other people?" And I responded, "The Ninth and Tenth Amendments." <laughs> I'm very happy to say this got several likes. <laughs> um, but the response was 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 kind of even more chat of me. Uh, that the they uh, they followed up. They said they, they entitle you to affect people, and it, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I elaborated a bit in the, in the follow-up post, but I needed that 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 uh, you know gamer Chad moment where it was just yes, <laughs> me too. That is it. Well, we are right at an hour, and so um, 
thank you guys for for again for listening um for bringing us for as we bring you another episode of civil discord um please 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 follow us on um on spotify download subscribe to us on apple itunes leave us a five-star rating and review five stars if you think we're worth it and i assure you that we are even though we talk about personal stories but that's how you get to know us that's how you get to love us that's how, that's how you know that we're great um follow us on twitter at civil civil discord pod follow us on instagram at civil discord podcast you can follow us um personally um me at call me maurice on instagram you follow follow amanda on twitter as she um she she does her great responses ninth and ten amendments and then the chat moment of yes exactly no elaboration needed in that particular tweet just afterwards yes um, but uh, but it's ajax the griff ajax the griff with a y just because i'm like that it's like Ajax the Great, but Ajax the Great. Yes, instead, Ajax. So. Got to love it. Got to love it. Um, but uh, again, do all of that. Again, we love you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next week, y'all, bees. Stay fierce.